Hi everyone, I'm Anna Close. And I'm Paul Chaperoni, and this is the Engineering History Podcast. If you want to hear about our engineering history collide, then you're at the right show. Today, we will be going over experiments in mind control. Oh, yes. But first, let's give you some guys some background about us. I'm a mechanical engineer doing mostly manufacturing activities in an aerospace company. And I'm a civil engineer focusing on water resources and water quality. Today's alcohol for the podcast is Close Encounters of a Hop Kind Double IPA by, what is this, 21st Amendment Brewery? That's correct. Oh, crisp, nice, clean. Cheers. Cheers. Mm. Wow, that is hoppy. I feel like I just had a close encounter. <laughs> of a hop kind? Yeah, sure. Well, Anna, this is going to be another one of our spooktober episodes. Ooh. Where we take kind of the creepier aspects of engineering and, mm-hmm. and sort of put it in a fun Halloween-themed um, sort of basket, if you will. And why is that? Because it's October! October. It's October, bitches! Great month. month. (laughs) It's gourd season, motherfucker. It's decorative (laughs) gourd season, motherfuckers. And that shit is gonna look so good. It's gonna look seasonal. Hey, um, you wanna just jump into it? No. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Well, now I don't know what to do. You don't like it. Don't like the answer. Don't ask. Well, I'll, I'll put it a different way. Mm-hmm. Why don't I ask you a question? Okay. Does the name Dr. Jose Manuel Rodriguez Delgado mean anything to you? No. Well, by the end of this podcast, it will. I can't wait. Dr. Rodriguez, who for this episode we'll call Jose. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's Jose. I don't know if there's a, a Josie? difference. What if it's Josie? Really dad's Josie. <laughs> Um, old Josie was born in <laughs> the year 1915. Uh, wonderful yeah. year. Madrid, Spain. Mm-hmm. And I read Madrid. It's Malaga. I don't know. I just saw <laughs> M something and then Spain on my notes, which I've written. So, I mean, presumably I would know. Malaga, Spain. So, Jose's father was an eye doctor. Mm. And we're going to learn kind of Jose is going to go on kind of a journey here. Where he's going to kind of become an engineer himself. Oh. Um, but for right now, Jose decided that he's going to be an eye doctor too, right? Uh, wow. Following in dad's footsteps mm-hmm. um, for all things ocular. So he decides he's going to go do the sort of, what's the standard eye doctor path, right? You do biology undergrad probably. Yeah. Pre-med maybe. Pre-med probably. And then you do a specialized. Specialized, right. Specialization study. So he basically gets to around that point. Mm-hmm. I think he hasn't done his PhD yet. And then the Spanish Civil War breaks out. Oh. Right. Not a fun time. 1935 to, I think, 39. Yeah. This reminds me. My uncle, uh, the priest. Yeah. <laughs> yes? Um, my dad was telling me a story about him, how he was actually in college for pre-med or something like that. Mm-hmm. And he... <laughs> he got pretty close to finishing and then I think he got to a, a certain point in his uh, education mm-hmm. where basically the teacher was like you have to memorize this entire book and it was the Gray's Anatomy book and it was probably like six inches or not six inches a couple inches thick mm-hmm. and my uncle was like fuck that I'm gonna be a priest <laughs> you know and then he got stuck with memorizing the Bible or something, probably, yeah. right? Which is only, like, an inch thick, and yeah, it's yeah. kind of just, like, you know, fan... What is it? What is that? Uh, Cursing? Fan, fanfic. Fanfic? Yeah, of the olden times. So it's not the real... So the real God did a lot different shit, is what you're saying. Sure, why not? <laughs> so, speaking of the real God, wasn't that a big contention in the Spanish Civil War? I watched a movie about it one time. Catholicism? Wasn't there like a Catholicism versus Protestantism angle? I don't know. Mm. <laughs> You're the one <laughs> teaching me. Well, this is this is kind of side info anyway. Regardless, he's in the Spanish Civil War. Mm-hmm. He decides to fight on one side. Um, he gets sent to a concentration camp, actually, for five months. Um, oh, no. Before the war ended. Um, so five months before the war ended. Mm-hmm. He was in the concentration camp. His side won, and then... I assume. I didn't actually... I I think his side won. Do you think if his side hadn't won, he would have been executed? Uh, 
I don't know. Anyway, regardless, <laughs> either way, he gets out of the concentration camp, the war ends, he's pumped. Maybe in an alter, alternate universe, you and I are talking about this, but his side lost, and right. he was executed, and we're like, this is just a history footnote. Yeah. Nothing really interesting. Likely, we wouldn't have even done that episode. Oh. Hmm. Or maybe we would have, because of Santiago Ramon y Cajal. Okay. Who is that? Well, it's crazy because Jose mm-hmm. is all said to be an eye doctor. He gets out of the concentration camp, mm-hmm. he gets his PhD, and he decides it's time to become an eye doctor until he reads the work of Santiago. Mm-hmm. Santiago was a visionary and pioneer in the study of the human brain. Mm-hmm. Suffice it to say, Jose is obsessed. Okay? He doesn't care about eyes anymore. It's all about... He only has eyes for brains. He's real eyes, real lies, real lies. That's a fact. And he decides to totally shift his focus to neuroscience from here on out. Wow. He literally got, he got his PhD. And then he's and he was like, just like, nah. I'm just going to get another one. <laughs> well, actually, no. Because his PhD, I think, was actually like... It was, it was one of those things where... Actually, I think it was an MD. But he got his doctorate regardless. I say he got a PhD... It, Either way, it was a doctorate. Mm-hmm. And um, so Jose decides that he's still in a good place where he can actually make a graceful transition into becoming basically a neurobiological researcher. Oh, right? Do you find it weird that people study the brain? Like the brain is literally studying the brain. The brain. <laughs> it's kind of crazy when you think about it. I mean, yeah. honestly, like, uh, you know, that's kind of weird also. Because wouldn't you say that also, like, if a body is doing something, is it you doing it or is it your body, you know? Yeah. Anyway, (laughs) you know that expression, if you want to be successful, do what you love and then you won't work a day in your life and all, do what you love first and then you don't have to work as hard because you already love it. Oh, is it the same one as uh, make money, get bitches? Is it the same saying as that? Only if I mean, like, what it, it's more about getting the money in the first place, and then the bitches. The bitches are kind of after the money. <laughs> I mean, not to be too mercenary about it, but that's often how it goes. I got it. Um, you know, I think I think bitches often come post money. That said, um, I don't think he was thinking about bitches that much. Although if he was, he was thinking about their brains. <laughs> um, Let me get that. Sexy, sexy cerebellum. <laughs> yeah. Oh, sexy bellum. Maybe, maybe there should be like a a field of research themed um, category and just whatever you know, whatever people are into. Yes. Anyway, um, Jose decides that he's going crazy on this neurobiological stuff. He's doing research. He's doing, or like he's not doing research, but he's like researching stuff. You know, he's getting really involved in this brain stuff. All this obsession lands him a fellowship at Yale University in 1950. You know, mm. hopping from Spain to Yale—that's that's that's hard to do. Yeah, that's a bit of a transition. Was he fluent in English before this? I don't. I assume he would have had to be because I mean, English, of course, nowadays is kind of the lingua franca in which all science is done, and I think mm. this is about when that really started. Okay, that's gotta be rough. Well, you know, that's one of the things that I think is not properly understood about a lot of our international colleagues is that like imagine if you had to do everything you're doing which as we all know as engineers is hard enough Mm -hmm. and you're doing it in a second language like yeah big props and also to anyone just learning a second language like that shit is hard it is yeah there's this thing that happens where it's like honestly if you want a certain success level you pretty much have to learn english at this point um, and in some parts of the world, it's Chinese, but if neither English nor Chinese is your native language, you're, you're you know, odds are if you want to be successful, you you know, at least monetarily, you'll have to learn. Yeah. Ugh, that sucks. It's a bummer. I know there's a few startups actually working to kind of negate that problem, like live language, you know, and stuff. Because, like, what happens with languages, it's just like businesses where there's, like, a natural monopoly, you know, because the, the relative utility of learning one language, like, if you have one language where most people already speak it... Nobody's going to learn, you know, like, Inuit languages as opposed to English for business reasons. You might learn the Inuit language because you're interested, right? Mm -hmm. But, you know, like, in terms of, like, I don't want to learn a language and I feel like I have to, likely that's either going to be English or Chinese. Yeah. 
But this guy, I mean, he was probably, if not fluent, very well spoken in English and fluent in Spanish. I've seen uh, a few videos of him during the research for this, and he speaks English quite well. Okay. Um, so, Delgado Jose um, mm-hmm. gets to Yale, mm-hmm. and it's a research fellowship. So, he immediately starts doing his own neurobiological research. Mm. And what he decides is he's going to try to manipulate the brain. Ooh, <laughs> so what he does is he takes electrodes and he implants them into the brains of cats. Okay. Oh no. Are yeah. the cats alive? Are they... Oh the cats are alive. No. Oh yeah. I feel like you bring up a lot of like animal testing and I'm always <laughs> like, oh God. <laughs> you know, um so be it. Uh... Uh, so um Jose is actually pretty successful on these animals. Um, and it's, he's not hard, harming the animals, you know. He's just controlling their brains. So just imagine he literally will, like, hit a button and they'll, like, walk. And then they'll hit another button and they'll, like, sit down. And oh, shit like that. You know? Okay. These are cats. This is, what, 1950. This is 1951-ish, I think. Like, it was crazy me reading this because this sounds so, like, far-fetched, you know. Mm-hmm. But it's totally true and it's like, you know, you publish papers and stuff. So, he's saying that he's influencing the brain in a way where he's saying, like, I'm making them not want to walk forward with this button, and then I make them want to walk forward with this other button, right? Mm -hmm. A couple other scientists kind of go, slow your roll there, Jose, okay? Yeah, you're getting these cats to stop and go, sure, sure. But are you influencing their decision-making, or are are you changing it so that you know, uh, like, they want to do it, but they just can't, you know? It's like, imagine, like, your arm is sitting on the table, and you're like, I want to move you, but I can't, right? And then your arm moves of its own accord. As opposed to, you're looking at your arm, and you're like, I think I'll move my arm. And then you move it, and you think that was your idea, but it wasn't, right? Oh, interesting. So it's a subtle distinction, but pretty pretty r- profound, right? Mm-hmm. So, I so actually... The difference between manipulation and control. Yeah, basically. Yeah, exactly, actually. So, um, so and there's, there's a claim that it's easier to, you know, just flop around their arms and legs as opposed to, like, making them think they're making decisions, right? Yeah. So, actually, one of the videos I, I, I watched when, um, when we were talking about this, he got asked that question by the journalist, and he just shrugged, and he's like, I guess it could be either... I feel like I'm right, though. He <laughs> had kind of just a... All the videos I watched in his older age, he seemed very chill. He seemed just kind of like, yep, we made them kind of do stuff. I, I, I think we were right, but, you know, whatever, right? It's no big deal. Um, that's a paraphrase. So, Jose gets cats down, and then he moves on to doggos. No, River. River yeah. doggos. River doggo, he's making dogs go like, or like paw and stuff mm-hmm. like that, right? Like Pavlov. Uh, yes, but, not but like on steroids, basically. Oh, yeah. Jesus. Kind of probably, I mean, it's the same brain, it's the same sort of circuitry, it's just, excuse me, it's just also, you know, like a, a different mode of action, I think. I don't want to hear this. <laughs> well, you'll be happy to hear that. Pretty much, you know, nothing nothing special happened there. It was just the same as cats, you know. Very successful. Walk forward, sit down. Walk forward, sit down, that kind of thing. I did read in some of the later stuff he did, like like interviews he gave and stuff. He, he, he said, you know, they were always trying to make it sound like they got it really, like, controlled, you know. But also, you know, at this point they didn't have, like, a real, like, amazing map of the brain, per se. Yeah. So sometimes they were just sticking electrodes in there and just kind of seeing what happened, you know. Oh my god, that does not sound scientific at all. It didn't, it sounded very, uh, you know, green pastures, kind of like, we'll just figure it out kind of thing, you know. Oh my, those poor dogs. It's a brain, right? Imagine, like, River, you know, if we had never adopted her, she would have just been some kind of crazy scientist toy to play with. Yeah, now she's our our, our science experiment. <laughs> <laughs> River's nodding in approval right now. Yeah, and then I'm clicking the button. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So, once you've cracked dogs, 
you move on to primates. Oh, right? like monkeys? Monkeys. Um, chimpanzees, whatever. It's kind of interesting. It works on them, too. Just the same. Mm-hmm. Delgado wrote, If you insert electrodes directly into the brains of cats and apes, they will behave like electronic toys. A whole series of motor functions can be triggered based on which button the experimenter pushes. This applies to all body parts, front and back paws, the tail, the hind parts, the head, and the ears. So, you know, I think maybe a little of that is optimistic, but they're definitely, like, getting some results of, like, you know, they're moving, they don't mean to be moving, they're just, their brain's hooked up to this apparatus. Like, imagine, imagine looking at that, like, just, like, wires coming out of your brain, you know? Yeah, that is really weird. I hate it. It's, it's a little spooktober even. I hate this. <laughs> PETA, don't come after us. We're just <laughs> reporting on history. We don't we don't condone this. Look, you know, PETA doesn't have to worry too much because after the whole primates thing, Jose says, Well, we've proved it works on cats. We've proved it works on dogs. We've proved it works on chimpanzees. Mm. Would it work on humans? Well, does it? Does it? Yeah. Ew, <laughs> it works I hate on humans. It. No, it works on humans. Ew, I hate it so much. Ugh. All that was 1951. Oh. 1952, Jose co authors a paper with a man named Hannibal Hamlin. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Uh, his parents were like, we hate our child. I hate this guy, <laughs> Hannibal. Uh. He implants 25 human subjects with electrodes directly into the brain, whatever. These humans are residents of the State Hospital for Mental Diseases in Howard, Rhode Island. Mm. Um, So kind of the thinking here was these guys are treatment resistant. They're pretty fucked anyway. Um, We might as well throw everything we can just to see if we can help. Mm -hmm. Right. At least that's the thought. Now, probably the sort of less charitable interpretation is like, this is the scum of society who no one's going to notice and there are personal lab rats, you know? Yeah. Oh, that's um, horrible. I don't know. I think probably, you know, at least Jose, it seems very respectful. Um, like, even in the interviews later on, he doesn't like talking as much about the human subjects in the later interviews. Mm. Um, he, he more focuses on the dogs and cats, but, um, you know, I, I assume that just everything I can tell about the guy, he seems so chill. So unless he had some, like, namaste kind of come-to-Jesus moment, I, I don't know. I think he was like, I am literally God. I can control you, bitch. <laughs> I, I I didn't get that impression off of him. Maybe that's why he's so chill, though. It could be. He's like, I will break into your house while you sleep, put this on you, and you will dance like my dance little... Dance monkey. Pump. Dance monkey, dance. You know, there was a... Um, a later interview I read with him where he was talking about the Spanish Civil War mm-hmm. and his wife was like talking about like you know if you had had one of these things on whatever like dictator or whatever you were fighting mm-hmm. then the war could have been avoided and he was like yeah no I wish we could have done that and like stuff like that you know <laughs> so like he clearly we'll, we'll get to that we, we have a whole he, he, he had some thoughts on, on that whole thing um this, I was just going to say, this just reminds me of that Rick and Morty episode, the Unity one, mm-hmm. where it, this uh, being, like, inhabits this planet, and, like, it's like a hive mind kind of thing, so, uh-huh. like, it's a perfect utopia. Oh, I've seen this episode, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and then when this being, uh, her name's Unity, when she, like, leaves the planet or something like that, they're, like, apparently in the middle of a civil war about what everyone's nipples look like. <laughs> <laughs> That's that's how it would go, yeah. Yeah, it just reminds me of that. Like this guy's unity; he wants to make a perfect utopia, but maybe civilization is just not prepared for that because they're too busy arguing about their nipples. My interpretation is a little more like there's there's some nuance there, and we'll we'll get to that. Mm-hmm. For now, at this point in his life, I would say he probably thinks a lot like you do. Like, mm-hmm. a lot like, not like you do, but a lot like you're describing. Like, we just need to put these on everybody and, like, then we'll have a peaceful world, right? Mm-hmm. But there comes a time where, you know, someone's going to want to manipulate that for their own gain. Right. And not always for a good purpose, you know? This is like when I was talking, I was on a hike one time. 
uh, with someone, and she was describing how instead of governments, she thought we should just have like an AI that's like totally arbitrary or totally, totally, um, not arbitrary, you know, like totally balanced and everything, not biased at all, mm-hmm. you know, and it just makes judgments and we all have to abide by the judgments, you know? And I was like, sure, but who's going to write the AI, you know? Like it's, mm-hmm. and, and what happens when that AI, you upload, you know, the wrong AI patch and now it's like, uh, now it's like, you know, HAL 9000 or whatever, you know? Yeah, it's like, oh, uh, you, you found a $5 bill on the ground and didn't return it. Mm-hmm. I'm going to shoot you Murder. in the back of the head. Boom. We can't have people like that in our society. Yeah. It's all for the greater good. Oh, you didn't use your um, left turn flasher on the highway and cut someone off? We're going to curb stomp your ass. To see that one, I'd be okay with. Yeah, we're going to kneecap you. I would, I would be okay with that. We're going to... Ch- chainsaw your shins off. <laughs> um, see now I'm I'm actually starting to wonder if this is truly the best um the best option. It probably is. You know um so Jose's paper that he's doing on uh these residents of the state hospital for mental diseases. Mm-hmm. There's some pretty interesting results out of this, right? So humans, of course, can kind of articulate what's happening to them a little more, right? Mm-hmm. So they'd be able to say if they thought they had the idea to move their arm or not, right? They, As opposed to, you know, the whole distinction we made, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't seem like it was mostly motion. It was mostly about treating some epileptic symptoms here. But there were a bunch of funny side effects. Oh. <laughs> um, Super funny. Some folks, a bunch of folks, actually, in the study, just got really horny. <laughs> Like, <laughs> for no reason. <laughs> like, they would just hit a button and they would just be, like, incredibly... This one person who whose behavior beforehand was described as quite proper just sploosh right in the panties. She starts flirting with Jose. She's giggling the entire time. And then I believe when the apparatus was removed, she was, like, a little embarrassed, you know? Oh. She was like, oh, boy. What did I say? <laughs> he just, like, hits the button. He's like, raise your arm. He's like, wrong arm! Wrong arm! <laughs> <laughs> Boing! <Yeah>. That's funny. <laughs> um, we, we got another guy. 11-year-old boy, which I didn't know they were experimenting on children. That seems bad. (laughs) Anyway, he was incredibly depressed. He was, or not depressed, he was just super, like, reserved and just very, like, glum, you know, all the time. Maybe maybe the distinction there isn't that massive. Mm -hmm. Anyway, he gets the electrodes and he says, quote, hey... You can keep me here longer when you give me these. So he was he was really enjoying it. It was it was giving him a lot of relief. And then he also said, huh, you know, I'd like to be a girl." <laughs> well, maybe that's why he was depressed. Could be. Yeah. Who knows, right? Maybe it, like the electrodes like made him feel comfortable like right. opening up about what he wanted to be in his life. Unfortunately, 1952, yeah. not the right time to be saying that kind of thing. Yeah, again, that's why maybe he was depressed. Mm. What happened to the little boy? That's all we got. Oh, um, okay. Apparently it worked on him. He, he was in there for being epileptic, but, um, but you know, it, it helped with that a lot. Yeah. Um, the most successful results tended to be people in chronic pain. Um, and so, obviously, chronic pain has a mental component, too, right? Yeah. So, apparently, it was really good at just, like, relieving chronic pain. That um, is awesome. Yeah. Why don't we use that nowadays? So, actually, I was really surprised to learn we actually do use some, like, really similar technologies. It's not, like, a mm-hmm. wide thing. Cause messing with brains is, like, really... a lot. It can be dangerous, right? It is, yeah. So, you only are really using it in people who, like, literally have no other option. And a lot of the other options since the 50s have gotten a lot better. Mm-hmm. Even though, you know my opinion, the use of SSRIs is, you know, the efficacy is overstated from everything I've seen. Yeah. Um, but, you know, also the viable alternatives are also probably overstated, so we might be between a rock and a hard place. Yeah, I feel like I probably would have preferred to have a few electrodes in my brain <laughs> other than, like, be addicted to opium. No, fair <laughs> enough. Yeah, yeah. If it's opium or, or opiates, I guess. Or opiates, yeah. Or regard, whichever. If it's addicted to anything or some electrodes in my brain... You can do the electrodes. Yeah. Is now a bad time to mention I'd like to be a girl? <laughs> <laughs> you know, you just be whoever you want to be that makes you happiest. 
I love that. That's a that's a great um, sort of sentiment. Yeah. I think we should do a podcast where we're hooked up to these machines. <laughs> Honestly, I kind of well, no, <laughs> no, nah, I'm good. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's it's a lot. It's just it just no. <laughs> we'll see. Actually. Post Delgado, a lot of the research goes into a lull, and and we'll see why that is. Okay. Um, by the way, um, you know, Jose was not throwing electrodes into every patient that walked up. He actually turned away more patients than he treated. Oh, right? why so, did he turn away certain patients? Because some like weren't a right fit. You know, pain relief was a giant thing. I had this one um one example which I didn't write down but it was this girl who was like a delinquent like she was like 14 and her parents were like she's a skank and she needs to be electroded oh my god to be fair she was having these like outbursts you know I don't think she was getting attention from her parents because she was yeah they were calling her a skank (laughs) yeah I think I think there was a lot of attention there right you know because she was also having you know it was like maybe she was in juvie or whatever and then she was like a little you know, a little promiscuous, whatever. Yeah. I mean, what I think she... Anyway, long story short, they asked this guy to electrode them up, and, and he said, definitely not. Not yeah. that one. He was like, just pay attention to your daughter. Yeah, try... Just, try try to, being yeah, a yeah. good parent. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that's why I'm kind of like going to bat for Jose a little more, because I think there is a lot of... You know, one of the sources on this podcast is Infowars.com. Oh, no. Because while everything you're going to oh, hear no. is totally true... <laughs> Infowars is a giant fan of this guy because they're always talking about how like they have all these articles about how he's gonna like bring about the like the state controlling everyone you know uh, although a bunch of those are also Sandy Hook related so they got taken down so like I couldn't oh, read yeah. them <laughs> but um anyway yeah that dude has to pay a billion dollars by the way I heard yeah that's a lot of money he is screwed he's pretty fucked I don't I don't know what happens there, yeah I don't feel bad at all zero percent chance he can pay that I mean so what do you even how, how does that work do they just repossess everything you own basically but even if they repossessed everything that he owns I forget that's not, not a billion dollars it's not gonna be a billion yeah yeah he's just gonna die an unwealthy sad lonely man with no one to care about him Poor dude. You know, I've, I've listened to him on podcasts. Poor dude. No, no, and, and here's why. Speaking of sort of mental issues. Like, oh, yeah. Not okay. that it's okay that he's, like, profiting off anything, but, mm-hmm. like, I have listened to a bunch of podcasts, and for whatever this is worth, which maybe it isn't much, I do think that he totally believes, like, everything he's saying. Yeah, I definitely get the... I mean, he's very clearly mentally ill. He's absolutely mentally believes ill. Like, this. 100%. Like, yeah. At first, like, when I first was introduced to Alex Jones, I kind of was like, okay, it kind of seems like he's memeing a little he's bit. He's absolutely memeing. No, he's yeah. playing it up as a character. And now I kind of feel like he started off doing that, and he's kind of, like, sort of en- yeah. enveloped himself in this persona, and he's, he like, either can't get out, or he just believes it so much, he's like, everything I say is right. There's a there's a saying where if you wear a mask long enough, it becomes your face, you know? I think that's very applicable to this case. He's also, you know, I think he's on the record as saying this, so I don't think any there's anything here, but he's he's also an alcoholic, so I think there's a lot of, you know, there's some substance kind of stuff there Oh, as well. yeah. I think divorce court also ruined him. Yeah. Anyway, psychoanalyzing <laughs> Alex Jones, not... That's, not, that's a whole other podcast. Whole different <laughs> podcast. Um... What was I gonna say? We we had brought something up about about Jose's sort of um, you know lack of of you know I I don't think he's that bad a guy I, I guess is kind of where I'm coming with it. Yeah, he's like a mad scientist, but with some morals. <laughs> some morals. I think he has more morals than they give him credit for, especially on these like info wars kind of sites and stuff. Yeah. Um. So by now, let's maybe talk a little about, like, what is actually going on here? I've said we're putting electrodes into brains. That's not very specific, right? So mm-hmm. let's, let's, let's get into, like, wh- how does this work? Like, what, like, it's not magic, right? I can't just magically aim a remote at your brain and get you to, you know, hand me the, the double IPA. As much as um, I've tried. As much as I've tried. <laughs> and, and I really, and I shouldn't because I actually haven't finished my current one. Yeah. Um, but so by now, Jose's device is pretty well fleshed out, so we can kind of talk about it. It has a name. Jose's not a master of marketing. Oh no, I'm gonna hate the name. You're gonna hate the name. Wait, if you had this device, 
what would you name it? And you can't name it Neuralink. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it, it controls people. It, it um, well, not necessarily. I mean, it can control people or animals or, yeah, yeah. I don't, I'm not good at marketing. I can't, like. You won't do worse than this guy, I'll say that. What, what would you call it? If you, let's say you're trying to, let's say you're Neuralink's new marketing director. Kind of a similar kind of device, not mm-hmm. totally the same. We can go over that, but you know, currently their device is called the Link. Mm-hmm. Let's say Elon walks into your office and he's like, "Anna, I need you to rename the Link. I don't like that name anymore. You need to rename it." I would say, um, "Give me some space." The last moment no. you came into, our <laughs> <laughs> Link got pregnant with twins. Oh boy! Oh boy! <laughs> I saw the meme of the Elon Musk office at Neuralink, and it's the porn casting couch, you know? (laughs) Um, I would maybe say, um, let's see. I don't know. I'm not good at marketing. You won't do worse. Um, The square. (laughs) The square? No, that's so stupid. The Uh, tile, the... the uh, Yeah, maybe some... Silver dollar. No. (laughs) It's about the size of a silver dollar. Both Delgado's device and Neuralink, both about the size of a silver dollar. What about uh, the patch or something like Ooh, that? Ooh, that's kind of neat. Although it kind of sounds like a skin patch that you're like ripping off. Yeah. So that's not as, but mm-hmm. I, it's that's better. It's, all these are way better than the real Cerebellum patch or something like Cerebella, that. Cerebella, mortadella, portabella. Mushroom. <laughs> Mushroom patch. Yes. Cerebella. We should, we should talk that away for something else. But no, what Jose called his device was the, excuse me. It was the Stimosiever. That's actually not bad. You know what? I think it's a terrible name. What's so bad about the it? The Stimosiever? It's like, it doesn't roll off the tongue. It's the better link. than Albert, like, one through six. Okay, also not exactly <laughs> Masters of Marketing. Not that they had to be. It was a secret government project. Yeah, and what was the the tales of AI? Or not AI, um... The um, nuclear bomb tales or something like right. that. Right, space they, nukes. Yeah, yeah. Space nukes. Right. He does have the stupidest names. Bandersnatch, crumple bomb, <laughs> <laughs> plum bomb was maybe my favorite. Yeah. That's episode fifteen. Space nukes. I think Stimosiever is a pretty dog shit name. Like, you're not. I and I defy you to go work for Jose. And he's like, hey, could you hand me that? And you're like, what? The Stimosiever? No, you're gonna be like. What, the device, you know? Okay, Everyday parlance? Alright, alright. That's fair. Maybe for, like, the name of the company, but not the actual device. Stimosiever, great company name. Love it. But not the device. The device, you know, even with Neuralink, that it, the device is not a Neuralink, it's a link, right? And that rolls off the tongue easily. Yeah. I like the patch. You know, I, I know there's the whole skin graft association, but I think we can work with it. Yeah. Elon, <laughs> we'll just call up our buddy Elon. <laughs> hey, Papa Elon, um, could you? Uh, oh no, you want to impregnate me? Okay, all right. Yeah. Well, that's all fine right. too. Well, okay, billion dollars. I'm all yours. I'm all yours. Um, okay, if Elon were to come up to me and be like, "I will give you a hundred million dollars to carry my baby. You don't have to do anything. You just have to carry it and maybe breastfeed it for like a year." Or something. Is it your eggs or is it someone else's eggs? It's my eggs, my body. He has to have sex with me and impregnate me. So it's not like, oh, so he's like physically having sex with you? Yeah, a hundred million dollars. Is it your call or is it my call? It's both of our calls. Well, what what would you say? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Feeling like a no from me. A hundred million dollars. I don't know. I just feel like, you know, I wouldn't be okay with Elon Musk having sex with my podcast co-host. Oh, come on. That just doesn't feel appropriate to me. Okay. A hundred million dollars for what? Probably like two minutes. Hey, you know, um, he's a tall guy. That's all I'm saying. Uh, Throwing that out there. I don't know. I would say yes. All I have to do... Is just like carry his baby and breastfeed for a little bit. I don't know. It doesn't. Se- I and and this is a totally selfish thing for me. This is very primal. Where I'm like my podcast co-host. I don't really. I don't really. I'm not okay with that. Okay, but we would have money for our grandchildren. A hundred million. I could spend that in one lifetime easily. <laughs> <laughs> That's not. I don't no. know. We would have money to. Make sure our parents not only retire no, like, that's comfortably, okay. comfortably, comfortably, but like in style. 
I feel like they wouldn't retire in style because we wouldn't we wouldn't let them. Hey, um, I'm feeling like a no on this one. Okay. We can revisit it if you want. Alright. If Elon Elon, Daddy, if you ever listen to this and you wanna give me a hundred million dollars, well, well I'll have my lawyer contact your lawyer. Will I be looped in? Will I be CC'd on these emails? Uh, yeah, fine. I'm hearing a yes. Okay, I can live with that. We were at the Stimoceiver. Essentially, here's how it works, right? It's basically a Neuralink, right? Where it's... Um, so how does a brain work, right? Mm-hmm. I have a brain, personally. Yeah. Paul Chabroni. I decide to pick up close encounters of a hop kind double IPA. Yes. What's going on in my brain right now is there's a series of electrical connections being made, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like two latent parts of my brain. I decide to do it. An electrical connection exists between them that tells me to do it, right? You can make those connections artificially, right? Using electrodes. So what is an electrode, right? That's just a term that means something that connects two things. A wire is an electrode, right? My laptop charger is basically an electrode, right? Mm-hmm. So, essentially the way it works is you have brain electrodes that are these tiny, incredibly thin wires that you stick into the brain with incredible precision, say between two points that you want connected, right? Mm -hmm. Now it's hooked up to say a power bank and like a a series of a bunch of switches, one for each electrode, right? Mm -hmm. And you're like, okay, I want to fire this connection and that connection because I know that I'll make you pick up the, you know, close encounters of a hot kind double IPA. I hit that, the connection's made, I move, boom, that's how one of these devices works, right? Yeah. Okay. Now couple that with computers. So there's some primitive computers that Jose is working with that you can use to kind of, you know, send certain things and, you know, basically get whatever logic you want in there, right? Okay, yeah. The way a modern kind of Neuralink works is basically the exact same. It just also has sensing of like which neurons are firing and it also has more channels, right? So I think Jose's device does like 40 electrodes per brain. I think a Neuralink does like 1032 or so. Um, so I mean, it's, it's an advancement, but it's, it's basically the same principle, right? Yeah. Um, and and also um, another more sophisticated version of this is like say with a stimaceiver, right now you, you have a bunch of electrodes kind of going to this power bank and now that's all attached to the wall and shit. Um, one of the things Jose eventually gets to is where it all goes to a central device that you can implant on the subject. You could just stick it onto them. Maybe you have a battery that's like in a hairband and it connects to that. And then you just send radio signals to that. So it's totally wireless and mm-hmm. powered by the battery. You know, just switch out. It's like nine volt, just switch it out or whatever, you know? Yeah. Um, so you get to a basically a portable section. What Neuralink wants to do is eventually implant it under your skull, you know, which is just another degree away from that. But Jose's device is still like really, really advanced and, and well underway. Yeah. Um, so, um, also in the old version, there were a bunch of brain infections that happened. Oh, God. Had to work those down. Oh. Sure, tons of euth- euthanizings. Oh, those poor... Was it cats, dogs, monkeys, or people? Couldn't tell you. I'm sure it wasn't people. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> we have uh, to shoot you. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. I'm sure it was either cats or dogs. Um... So, here, here's something. Here's a little bit of a crazy thing. One thing you might have picked up on at this point. Mm-hmm. Jose, he's a little off the wall. What? He's not your typical no. post-grad, post-doc <laughs> who's just going to plug away on some research, right? Yeah. He's, he's, he's doing a lot, right? Mm-hmm. Jose, we mentioned, was born in Spain. One of Spain's oldest traditions is bullfighting. And Spain is, I'm sorry, Jose is from Ronda, Spain, right? Mm-hmm. And Ronda is actually a, it has a strong bullfighting culture. Oh, okay, cool. Like Toro, you know, that whole thing, yeah, right? Yeah, I'd love to do running with the bulls. Is that dangerous? No, so I think, yes, <laughs> it is. <laughs> is it inhumane? Um, I don't know. I don't think you... Do you actually run with the bulls? I thought it was just... I thought just, that's why you called it running with the bulls. No, I thought you just, like, were 
watching bulls run through like a town or something like that. That doesn't feel as fun. I thought the point was that you were running with the bulls, no, and that's why they called it running with the oh, bulls. I don't know. I just want to see a bull. You can see a bull a lot easier than that. But I want to run with it. <laughs> then you would be running with the bulls. <laughs> I can DIY how to make your own at home running with the bulls. <laughs> right. Also, none of this is about running with the bulls. <laughs> it's about bullfighting. Cool, cool. So the way bullfighting works, you probably know, right? Mm-hmm. You're in a sort of coliseum stadium type thing. Yeah. A cage or door opens and a bull comes charging out. You're holding a red thing because I guess they're attracted to red or something. Is that I not true? I heard something that it's not so much the red. It's just that they get it's pissed up. off. Yeah. yeah, it's like already pissed off. I believe that. Yeah, yeah. No, but you're holding a blanket of some kind, some sort Mm -hmm. of obfuscation, like a shield, something that's for it to aim at that's not you. Yeah. But you're still kind of there. And then basically the second, as it's charging you, you just whoosh with a twirl, you get out of the way and it runs past you and you kind of do it again. Right? Yeah. Incredible. that's rude, man. (laughs) Come on, dude. I just wanted to gore you. (laughs) Let me gore you. (laughs) Let me put the horns on you. So, um, you, you have one incredibly pissed off bull. You're doing a few rounds. This I don't know how it ends. Does the bull just get, like, bored? Like, how do you get out? How do you I, escape? I don't know. <laughs> Scary. I don't think they know. I think they just kind of throw people in there. Mm-hmm. Jose um, has a lot of familiarity with this because that's where he's from. And he decides he's going to fight a bull, but he's going to pull a twist on it. Instead of getting out of the way at the second... He's, before the bull gets out of the cage, he's going to put a stimo receiver on the bull, bull. Then he's going to be in the ring. The bull gets let out. It charges it ahead of him. Instead of him getting out of the way, he's going to hit the button to get it to stop. And if everything goes according to the plan, it will stop on command and everything will go fine. Oh, no. No. <laughs> and that's exactly what happens. Oh! I watched, there's a video of this, actually. It's an insane video. I can show oh, you after the podcast. Oh, my God. That is crazy. Yeah. It's just this dude and he's like filming Jose in the ring and he's obviously, he's not in the ring. He's out in the stadium yeah. and Jose's just out there like, oh, yeah, I was strut, totally you know? ready for him to get to like just die. to get something through the gut because no. everyone's like, oh yeah. no. Jose, you know, say what you want about the guy. He's no fool. He's he's actually like very, it's everything he's doing it seems he's pretty aware of and, and conscious of what he's doing. He knows how to advertise too. That is this a great is, fucking way this eventually gets onto the front page of the new york times oh my god this man is a a crazy genius i'm talking shit about his marketing hey maybe not you know so i feel like naming things is just hard it's a tough thing um i I, and and you know it's just it's not the same skill set as deciding you're gonna get in through the ring with a bowl that you put electrodes into 12 hours (laughs) earlier (laughs) And you're now not going to get out of the way as it's charging at you. Yeah. Um, it's an insane video. Um, yeah, New York Times reports it. You often see that in the InfoWars articles. Like, the New York Times is in on all this. Like, you know, like, <laughs> that's a whole other thing. But um, it's a bonkers video. Um, Jose has a bunch more crazy experiments. Uh, in one, he has a group of macaques, I believe you call them. Macaques? M-A-C-A-Q-U-E-S. I think it's a type of primate. Oh, okay. Um, it's funny because it sounds like my cock. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, it's it's kind of a power imbalanced society. So they're all living in this cage, which is already unnatural, right? Mm-hmm. And um, one of them is the alpha. Okay. Mm-hmm. And the alpha is like a douchebag. Okay. Oh, fuck this guy. He's terrorizing all of his cage mates, stealing their food, mm-hmm. stealing their women. Damn, he's, can't just be doing that. You can't steal women. That's illegal. They're not property. They're not property. Although technically, I think aren't animals technically property? Is that true? No. I don't know. Is that true? Legally? Mm, well, I guess if River was stolen, we could say that she was stolen property. Yeah. If we had proof that we owned her. I don't feel like I own River. Yeah, River owns River. River owns River. That's a whole thing. Anyway, this guy, this alpha, currently owns this cage. That's about to change. Mm-hmm. Jose pulls the alpha out of the cage, puts a stim receiver on him. And what the stim receiver does, it just does one function. You pull a lever, and it basically just gets him to stop whatever he's doing. 
and just like kind of calm down, right? Mm. So he could be sleeping, you pull the lever, you won't really see anything. He could be, you know, ah, 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 and then you pull the lever and he's just like, oh, hey, hey guys, what's going on? You know? Is he talking? <laughs> he's just not talking, but he's got a chill vibe and he's, he, he, he has a look on his face like maybe he wants to hit some waves later and, and yeah. kind of crush some, some stuff like that. Some gnarly waves. Some gnarly bro. waves, right? Want to smoke? <laughs> he, he's trying to smoke. He's trying to trying to do a fat bowl. He's trying yeah. to blaze it. Trying to blaze it for sure. Um, he's trying to blaze it, and and um, so what's going on there is basically he has this lever that can pretty much neutralize the alpha at this point. And the experiment is he hands that lever to a low status female in the cage, right? She picks up what it is really quickly, <laughs> and she is just pulling that lever all day, every single fucking day, from there yes, on. Yes, women rise up. This is an early feminist victory <laughs> against this douchebag. That almost implies that the the female primates don't like being dominated yeah. by this alpha. I don't think anybody in that cage liked this guy. No. I think he made a lot douche. of enemies. Yeah. Um, she definitely didn't. Anyway, mm-hmm. um, Delgado wrote, The old dream of an individual overpowering the strength of a dictator by remote control has been fulfilled, at least in our monkey colonies. <laughs> and I think there's a little bit of wistfulness about maybe what could have happened during the Spanish Civil War if, if such a device had existed. Yeah. Or even, you know, a whole bunch of wars. Yeah, for sure. Um, there, that's the debate, right? And then we'll probably get to this, but just the whole thing of like, if you could prove that you would cause less suffering, is it worth taking away freedom? I don't know. I don't. That rubs me the wrong way. I'll put you that. I'll tell. I'll tell. But we'll we'll save that for its time. Yeah. For now, here's another crazy experiment. Jose. So the amygdala, right? Part of our brain where it's it produces a bunch of stuff. And one of the things the amygdala produces is something called spindles, right? Mm -hmm. So these are these sort of structures inside the brain. I don't know what behavior it's tracked to necessarily, but essentially say it's any behavior. It doesn't really matter, right? Um, Jose basically hooks a stimoceiver up to a computer. So remember how I said you can computerize it and get it like with interesting behavior? Mm -hmm. One of the things this computer can do is using the stimoceiver, it can tell when spindles are being produced. And when it does, it sends an unpleasant feeling to the chimp that it's, it's, it's implanted in right now, right? Oh. Pretty fucked up, right? Because it's like, that's a natural process. It's sending that unpleasant signal every time. The chimp's brain compensates by producing fewer and fewer spindles, right? And as this happens, the chimp's named Patty. Patty becomes quieter, less attentive, and less motivated. And this is like the stimoceiver, like it's, imagine if you're just like, every time you like, were just thinking of a certain thing, you got a negative emotion immediately, right? That's mm. basically what's going on here, right? Wow. Chimp becomes very docile and it's just kind of spaced out. It's pretty fucked. Jose is putting the positive spin on it. He's saying that you could use it to stop panic attacks, seizures, and other disorders. That's probably true, but this particular case, it's like instant depression, kind of. Yeah. Like, imagine if you had the device, but you had it, like, every time you have a happy thought, put this negative emotion in there, you know? Dude. That'd be like a torture device. Oh, my God. Yeah. Dude, what if, um, you know... The um, Illuminati, what if they got their hands on this, man? If the Illuminati got their hands on this, it's like, I feel like countering the Illuminati. Ah! You know? What's for dinner? <laughs> yeah. About what we're talking about. Uh, that's why I always say if you have, like, a Neuralink, it's like, why do I feel like buying a Tesla all the time? <laughs> why do I feel like helping South Africa's infrastructure? <laughs> why do I feel like going to Mars? Um... How have we never heard of this guy, right? This is crazy stuff. Mm-hmm. This is the 50s. The 50s. How have we never heard of this guy? How? Well, here's what kind of happens. Oh, no. Jose is working at Yale. His stuff is getting a lot of attention. We mentioned New York Times front page. Mm-hmm. In Madrid, another university reaches out to him, and they're like, hey, um, we want to poach you, basically. You'll have way better facilities. You'll be in Spain. We know you love Spain. Mm-hmm. You get to go home. Um, There's a good deal for you. Jose's like, yeah, I can do the same research from Spain. And yeah, I'd really like to do that. 
Mm-hmm. He leaves Yale. Um, I, I assume this is like maybe mid fifties, early sixties, right? Mm-hmm. And he's back in Spain. And what happens is when he's in Spain, he starts publishing in Spanish again. So, given our whole conversation about the whole language thing, no, nobody can read Spanish in the scientific community, or at least, you know, you pretty much have to learn English, right? Mm-hmm. So, a lot of his work from here on out just goes totally unnoticed. Yeah. That's awful. It's kind of crazy, you know? And Rough. I know, that, that wasn't part of the deal when he went to Spain, right? Yeah. And for what it's worth... A lot, basically all of his research is now looked over like super like thoroughly now because there's in the recent like past 2010, there's been a giant resurgence in like, like interest in like sort of brain kind of like technology like this, like Neuralink, obviously. Mm-hmm. And Neuralink, like I guarantee everyone who's working on Neuralink has heard of this guy, is reading his stuff, you know, that kind of thing, right? Mm-hmm. Um, just because it's like, it's, it's, his was like really foundational work. And it's basically the same principle. But, yeah, it went through, like, a period of, like, 30 or 40 years where just nobody knew this guy was doing shit at this point. God damn. It's crazy to think, though, because, like, New York Times is publishing this stuff. Like, you would think, like, I feel like you would still have everybody be interested in this. Someone, I feel like someone out there with, like, a PhD or something would want to keep an eye on it. 100%. Like, like, yeah. Why wouldn't Yale be like, we see you're still publishing, we'll pay you... To do to, it in English. To do it in English and we'll publish it or... Yeah, well, in the United maybe, States. Maybe it was like, well, he's not working for us, so what's the point? Maybe, but are you losing out on the research? I think you are. Yeah. There could have been some kind of, like, co-authoring. Like, they could have sent... Or they could have, like, pro- maybe, like, given him, like, a raise or something to keep him at Yale and be like, will... Um, get your family to to move here. Well, his family had already moved there. Oh, but yeah, no. So he was missing like home, home, like Spain. Home, home, yeah, Spain, All uh, Spain, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you can't that. you can't do that from a distance. No. And for what it's worth, you know, it seems like I was watching these interviews with him. His house seems really nice. Like it's like, you know, it seems like he did really well. It's just I don't think his work was really as appreciated as it could have been. Yeah. Damn. And it is now, you know, and I think that's a lot of technologies. Like, if it doesn't happen now, it might happen 50 years from now, you know. Do you think maybe it had something to do with he was, like, an immigrant in the U.S. and people were like, you know, once he moved back, they're like, oh, he's not in the U.S. anymore, so he's probably... Possibly. Not doing anything important. Yeah, I mean, it did even strike me, like, doing the research here that it was like, wow, it was really impressive that this guy came from Spain to do all this, you know, so... Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I can see that. And also kind of the general kind of ick factor of the research, you know, of like, this is weird and we don't like this. Yeah. Yeah. Especially academics, you know, and I'll love to my academics, but it's like, it's, it's often, you know, there, there's a degree of, you know, um, what would you say? You know, kind of ick sometimes. Yeah. I feel like that's so dumb that he went unnoticed just because he was publishing in Spanish. I feel like, like someone could have been like. We'll publish this for you in English. You know, that was a lot harder back then. They didn't have Google Translate, you know. You had to get Mm -hmm. a person who then would translate. And that person not only has to know Spanish, they also have to be technical. Because it's like, and it's a really niche field also, you know. Yeah. And Delgado, obviously, if he had wanted to, he could have published in English. He knew English, you know. So, I don't know. He could have dual published if he had really wanted to. He doesn't have the time for that. Maybe he doesn't. Maybe he's too. He's a busy man. Moving at a breakneck speed. Yeah. Fair enough. Hey, look, I'm not saying you're wrong. I, I think you're making good points. Yeah, that's so sad. Yeah, regardless, he, yeah, he, everything falls into obscurity, and uh, until these days, you know, folks haven't really heard of him. Yeah, I was really worried it was going to be like a Louis Le Prince thing where, like, no, no, <laughs> where no, like no. Harvard. He <laughs> died in 2015, man. old age. Oh, okay, yeah, good. no, no. Well, yeah. Harvard elites were like, we fucking hate yeah. him. <laughs> <laughs> like, we got him. <laughs> was he born in 1915? So he was like 100 years. Wow. His brain is ours. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Maybe he had his own brain. You know, okay, so here's something, right? He, like, Delgado was around for the entire lobotomy period, right? So his mentor, Fulton, something Fulton, I don't remember the first name, um, was like his mentor. And that's the same guy who pioneered lobotomies in chimps. And then his work was used to do lobotomies in humans. Mm -hmm. And then Delgado's like, well, 
whatever my work is, it's not lobotomizing people, right? So I want to make an alternative to doing lobotomies on people. Yeah. So here's what I understand about lobotomies from the small amount of research that I've done. Apparently, when they were first introduced, it was actually somewhat helpful. And then it became like the, I guess, Fulton, his name, or or one of the people to first sort of um, make this procedure happen. Um, he said he, he was kind of like Delgado where he'd only accept certain people and they had to match criteria to undergo this procedure. Right. And it was very like specialized, you know, it was definitely like, I think more like brain surgery kind of focus instead of just taking an ice pick and then just shoving it in their eye socket, which is, I feel like what people kind of associate with associate with nowadays and it became less of a procedure and more of like just a rudimentary crude form of um uh practice Mm -hmm. later on when it became more popular and then like mainstream or something like that and the doctors were like oh we can we can do this however we want basically and it was like published and distributed and um what else like just uh kind of like um what is another good word did it like it became mainstream and that's what sort of caused it to be less successful so it got into the hands of amateurs kind of yeah hmm Interesting. Yeah, that'd be a really interesting podcast. I, I don't know anything about, really, lobotomies other than the whole ice pick and the eye, eyeball thing. Yeah. Like, I guess um, when it became, like, more well-known as, like, a cure-all mm. and, like, anyone could take it for, like, anxiety or something like that, that's when it sort of became less effective because I believe the guy who first pioneered this procedure was very selective and he was very precise in um his lobotomy like it was it was supposed to be helpful and then like the hands of the corrupt money grubbing like company or not companies but like people who wanted to make it like a cure-all for everyone um they got their hands on it and then it became what we know nowadays as a so there was some application where it was useful yeah i mean as as useful as it can be (laughs) so like Wow, that's crazy. Yeah, yeah, I've never heard any of that. Yeah. Um. Cool. Well, you know, sort of Jose's idea was that you know he was very against like destroying parts of the brain, and he was very for like trying to connect, you know, parts of the brain, which mm-hmm. obviously you know depends who's doing the connecting, right? Yeah. Um. There is a giant elephant in the room, which we've touched briefly, but we haven't really gone into, which is using this technology to control humans i hate it human behavior hey go you know whatever new world order conspiracy go don't have children don't don't we have something in your brain now you can't have children you don't want to have children anymore Mm -hmm. right and um and obviously that's suboptimal so hopefully that's not happening yeah um but sort of the the implication here is like look you know or, or I guess the, the other argument is, so Delgado calls this a psycho-civilized society where everybody's wearing these stim receivers and we're all hooked up to the hive mind, right? There's a lot of crazy quotes attributed to this guy, um, Jose. I mentioned we that he sort of distanced himself from them later in life. I don't know if that's because he stopped believing them or he just knew it would get a terrible reaction. I've seen some quotes... Grain of salt, I don't know if any of these... Like, some of these are disputed. Some of them are real. I don't know how much is really true or fake. But basically, some... It's attributed to him that, like, maybe you could use the technology to control the populace and surgically manipulate people who, like, step out of expected norms and stuff, you know? Um, You know, one website that I mentioned came up a lot was Infowars.com. Conspiracy theories love this guy for that reason, you know? I don't think... I, I think we really can't know how much he really said or didn't say or how much he really believed by the end of his life or he didn't. 
Um, I don't think that he's the bad guy that a lot of these InfoWars kind of websites are looking for necessarily. Mm -hmm. That's just my reading of it. I've watched some of the interviews with him. I think the bad guys are the people who are manipulating this device for their own purpose, for their own selfish purposes. If somebody wanted to do that. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, and, you know, we always, one of the things we often talk about on this podcast is technology is, you know, just power basically. And you can use power for good or evil, you know? Mm-hmm. So um, I can kind of see we have two possible futures here. One is that the power gets distributed into the hands of the people, right? Mm-hmm. We all get our own personal like Stimosiever or Neuralink or whatever it ends up being. And maybe you got an app on your phone and you're like, I'm feeling depressed. I want to feel happier, right? And you can turn that on. Obviously, that would have a downside too because then you're just mashing the happy button yeah. all the time. <laughs> but, you know, maybe that's – I mean – you know, I, I'm less, I, I don't think that's as big a deal as most people think it is because it's like, you know, you could just take drugs to be happy all the time. Most people don't do that, right? You know, yeah, so. Yeah, but I mean, the drugs aren't like a cure all. Like, you have, yeah, to, exactly, right. you have to develop coping mechanisms. But this wouldn't be a cure all either. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, I, I feel like if this were in the hands of the populace, maybe it would be seen as a cure all. And I, I think people would turn maybe less away from finding healthy coping coping mechanisms so what do we do with drugs you know i mean like we give them to people who need them i personally think that a lot more drugs should be legal that aren't you know yeah or i honestly think maybe like all drugs should just be legal and we should just trust people to make good decisions you know (laughs) okay maybe that's a little optimistic i don't know you know uh, but it's pro- whatever you think about that, uh, you'll probably think the same thing about the brain thing, right? Like, mm-hmm. this is just the ultimate drug, basically, because it's total direct control of your brain. Yeah. There's also the alternate future that the powers that be, whether it's the Illuminati, the New World Order, whoever you want to call it, you know, maybe it's just some guy. Yeah. Everybody gets forcibly implanted with one of these. <laughs> you step one toe out of line, electric shock straight you into the brain. Your head explodes. Ah! <laughs> your head explodes, whatever. Um, I guess the question for me is, like, which is going to happen? Which is more likely? Mm. Assuming one of these happens, I mean, I think direct brain stimulation and influence, maybe it's not an our lifetime thing, but it might be an end of our lifetime thing. I think probably the first one... Um, I, I was kind of joking earlier about the Illuminati. Right, right, of course. I mean, of course, maybe I'm just programmed to say that. Possibly. Maybe the, maybe the CIA owns the Engineering History Podcast. You never know. You never know. Oh, God. What if some, like, some homeless guy in San Francisco hears this and he finds us and he's like, I know you're with the CIA. Just you know, because we said this. If that happened, then I would accept my da- death with a smile. <laughs> Um, yeah, I probably see, I mean, just like, uh, look at what Neuralink is trying to do there. I think the, so, uh, one of the sole focuses on this was to help with seizures and depression and, uh, mood right. disorders and stuff like that. So it, it, I think the first option is more likely going to happen before the second option. I think there's like with all technology there, maybe not all technology, but, um, I feel like this was sort of. It had a positive um, basis, and it, and the Delgado Jose wanted to use it maybe for a positive reason in society. But then there's always going to be someone that comes along and takes it and uses it to their own advantage. Yeah, I think that probably the main thing is that like just it doesn't all happen to like we don't do one approach to everyone you know like Mm -hmm. drugs are probably a good analogy because like there's plenty of people whose lives have been exploited by drugs i'm thinking Mm -hmm. like the sackler family right who are pushing like fentanyl right and like many people's lives have been destroyed by that yeah but then there's other people who use like mushrooms to like open their third eye chakra or whatever (laughs) and you know get a new lease on life and as far as i'm concerned more power to them you know so you know it's it's just a power that probably people need to be responsible with they probably won't be responsible with it'll be used to exploit them and it'll be a means of their empowerment if they so choose yeah and then there will probably be some kind of laws and regulations passed after probably yeah Yeah. no yeah that's probably true yeah I honestly, I I didn't even know this guy existed when you said like mind control I was thinking of like um, MK Ultra or something yeah yeah 
MK Ultra, I think, was actually interested in this guy, but I don't think they ever. You know, he was in Spain at the time. Yeah, they were. They weren't doing like electrodes in the. Yeah, brain. they were doing like, like drugs, drugs, right? Drugs and psychedelics. Yeah. 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 No, and and this is interesting because it's like basically just a lot more direct. You know, like when you take a drug, you're basically just influencing the same neurons that that this device directly probes. You know. Yeah. So. Super interesting. Yeah, I was shocked to hear that this guy existed, that this stuff was happening in the 50s. Like, this yeah. is one of the things, if you ever listen to Alex Jones actually talk at length, one of the things, like, he'll just drop things where he'll just be like, yeah, they've been doing mind control since the 50s, you should look it up, you know? And then that's like an offhand thing, and it's like, then you look it up in something like this where it's like, I guess it's kind of true, but it's also not true the way you're saying it, you yeah, know? Yeah, so it's being twisted a little bit. It's being bit. twisted a little bit. Oh. What are you doing? Alexander. <laughs> Alexander. You know his middle name is Emmerich? Emmerich Jones? Alexander Emmerich Jones. That's his name. So got a ring to it. Sure does. Um, hey, this is a Spooktober episode. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to leave you with kind of a creepy kind of thought. Yeah. How do we know that the New World Order has not already taken over, put chips in our brains, and then just altered our perception so we never think to check for it? We never think to question the New World Order. <laughs> you would just be blind. Let's. They could be walking among us with like top hats and canes, and we're just we have these things in our brains, and we just never see that because it just filters it out. How would we know? Ooh, I don't think it's gonna be like implanted in our brains. I think it's in the water. Oh, it's so in the, like fluoride. Just drink all the time. Never drink just water. Drink, drink alcohol. Close Encounters IPA. Yes, this is basically just. This a, is science. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know. I honestly, that's a good question, and it really creeps me out that like people are just like walking by. <laughs> and, like, can't you see never them. know. It's all the brain chip. Actually, oh. Delgado. I meant for that to be the end, but one thing I'll leave you with is Delgado actually got a bunch of people writing to him at the end of his life, like. Take my chip out. I know you put it in there. <laughs> like, all these things. And he's just yeah. like chilling, like yeah. Retired. He's in Spain. He doesn't. He's like on the seaside. He doesn't give a shit. Yeah. Yeah. He got sued a few times for oh, like, geez. and then they're like, "You don't have a brain chip, bro. Yeah. Sorry." You're all good. You're good. Oh, that's so creepy. Why did you make me think about that? You know, now you get to think about the fact that you can't prove that that's not true. Oh, my God. And if you decide to do, like, a scientific study and be like, I'm going to probe my brain to make sure that it's not there, they could just be altering your perception to see oh, that it's I not there. It. I hate it. Thank you, Paul. Yep. Thank you. This is horrible. It's a I terrible thing. It. It's an awful thing. And this is going to be our last episode. <laughs> As Anna succumbs into paranoia. <laughs> I know it's in there. Ah! <laughs> oh my god. Rip open. Anna's my miming, like stabbing into her head right now. <laughs> oh boy. Hey, some people suffer from that, you know? Oh, jeez. It's a tough thing. Hey, on that happy note, I appreciate you listening. Um, hey, you know what, folks? Um, thanks for listening. Yeah. Thank you. We love our listeners, and thanks for listening. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Jay, cheers. Cheers.